Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Grievance. I'm a medical oncologist in Seattle, a professor at the University of Washington Fred Hudson Cancer Center. Welcome to our episode, What Novel Combination Strategies Are Being Studied for Antibody Drug Conjugates in Urophilial Cancer? And I mentioned in the previous episode briefly about the cohort A of the EV-103 trial. We already reviewed the data there. Just a reminder that this was a population of cisplatin-ineligible patients, only 45 patients with a very impressive overall response rate and disease control rate and a response rate in certain subsets of patients that definitely raised enthusiasm. And this was about three years ago, frontline setting of cisplatin-unfit patients. And more recently, we saw validation of this data uh, with a combination of pembrolizumab plus and fortumavidotin. And that combination is uh, important to note that it was tested in about 76 patients or so in the frontline setting of cisplatin ineligible patients and had a 65% response rate and 97% reduction in tumor size in most patients had significant benefit. And this is a chromosome combination. Of course, we're waiting for the EV302 trial, randomized phase three, comparing enfortumavidotin plus pembrolizumab versus chemotherapy. That trial allows maintenance of velumab. We'll see how many patients end up getting cisplatin and how many end up getting maintenance of velumab in that trial. But that's a definitive phase three trial. We, we await the results. Uh, that trial is finishing accrual and um, we'll see what the results show in the future. Of course, there is a significant interest and high attention in other antibody drug conjugates. Another example, such as Tuzumgovitikan, that's an antibody drug conjugate against TROP2. Uh, that's a different antibody, and this is different linker and different payload. This is an antibody drug conjugate that carries SN38, Dabuladifirinotikan, and uh, the target is TROP2. We showed uh, a very interesting data at ASCO2 2022 with a combination of pembrolizumab and PD1 checkpoint inhibition plus atituzumab govitikan in patients who are platinum refractory in the second line setting. That's why I put the red box around the cohort three. I want to point out there are multiple cohorts in that particular trial. Cohort one led to accelerate approval of such as monotherapy, accelerated approval by the FDA after platinum-based chemotherapy, after checkpoint inhibition. There is an ongoing TROPIC-04 trial that tries to validate results of cohort one such tuzumagovitikan monotherapy versus taxane in US or vinflunin in Europe. And that trial is ongoing and will finish accrual soon. We have cohort two data that will be presented in the near future and then ongoing cohort four, five, and six. I will focus my attention on cohort three. Again, this is combination of pembrolizumab plus such tuzumagovitikan. This is a very difficult to treat population. These were patients who have frequently progression early on on platinum chemotherapy, low response rates on prior platinum, and very short time on platinum chemo. Again, very poor prognosis in those patients. We need combinations to be tested in clinical trials to treat those patients. And, and that combination was tested here, satsituzumab plus pembrolizumab. We see a promising response rate of 34% with a 61% disease control rate, CRPR stable disease. And you see the most responses were partial. And on the right part of the slide, on the left part of the slide, you see that about two thirds of the patients had some reduction in the tumor size 
And those responses usually in that trial were rapid in the first scan, first couple of months. Median duration of response was not reached. So some responses are durable. And again, this is a single arm, not randomized trial. Median PFS, 5.5 months, median OS not reached. Again, grain of salt because a single arm study, not randomized, but promising signal there. And this is the, on the left, the response rate by subgroup. You see in the lower part of the slide, patients with visceral metastasis had a 36% response rate. Patients with liver metastasis, 42% response rate. And you see responses across the categories of Belmont risk factor groups, 0, 1, and 2. You still see responses in those groups in the lower part of the left corner. On the right part, you see the swimmer's plot, and you see that the number of responses were durable. You see there that uh, uh, green as the responders, greater than non-responders. And uh, we're going to have updated data follow-up in the future from that study. Toxicity, always something to discuss across trials. As you see on the left part, these are treatment-related adverse events. And any grade, diarrhea was about 70%, about half of the patients had any great nausea. And you see the rest of the potential side effects, neutropenia, anemia, fatigue, alopecia, anorexia, and pruritus. On the right part of the slide, you see that treatment-related grade 3, 4 adverse events was present in 59% of the patients. And 39% uh, of the patients had some reduction in the satituzumab dose because of treatment-related adverse event. There was no treatment-related the death and about a quarter of the patients had steroids and only 10%, one out of 10 patients had oral steroids, which is about the, the proportion you, you expect with pembrolizumab alone. So it's uh, the toxicity seems predictable based on pembro alone and uh, satituzumab govitecan alone data. About 29% of patients had growth factor. And if you give growth factor, you reduce significantly the chance of neutropenia and febrile neutropenia. So now we're moving towards utilization, more utilization of growth factor GCSF in patients getting satituzumab govitecan for advanced urothelial cancer. And as you see, the rate of febrile neutropenia was 10%. And as you see, this was with without prior growth factor. Uh, to conclude that study, so the promising signal response rate, 34%, disease control rate, clinical benefit rate, let's say 61%, and um, median duration of response, median OS not reached. This was a single arm study. Uh, the toxicity profile was covered and there was no new safety signal compared to what you expect from each drug alone. The combination, in my opinion, looks promising and merits further investigation in platinum refractory and maybe earlier settings of ad advanced urothelial cancer. And there are, of course, many other cohorts on trophy user one, and there is a Tropic 04 trial with SG monotherapy versus chemotherapy, taxane or vinflin that is going on and crewing in the post-platinum and post-equo inhibition. Very few words about anti-HER2 antibody drug conjugates. These are very promising agents. I want to put it in your attention. Dicitamavedotin was combined with anti-PD1 topripalimab. This study was done in China, presented by Dr. Sheng and colleagues at ASCO 2022. Very promising data. You see confirmed response rate, 72%. You see the breakdown here with uh, CR and PR. And also, uh, you see responses also in patients with, with lower expression of HER2. This an antibody drug conjugates against HER2, the decitamab vedotin combined with anti-PD1. Again, medium PFS, about nine months. This is a single arm, not randomized comparison here. So we take the PFS and OH with a grain of salt, but the data look very promising, uh, something to keep in our radar. And there are ongoing designs of phase two and phase three trials looking at this anti-HER2 antibody drug conjugates. So something to keep in mind and also keep in mind the trastuzumab, the ruxtecan, antibody drug conjugate against HER2. You have seen a lot of data with that 
that agent in other cancers like breast cancer. We saw the data at ASCO 2022. That's a table that Dr. Galski put together for the recent ASCO 2022 meeting. Look at different combinations. Obviously, these are different trials. You cannot compare across trials, different population of patients, different treatment settings. So we cannot compare across trials, but you see a flavor of how the combinations look like. And uh, I included the uh, two anti-HER2 agents, trastuzumab, teruxtecan, plus nivolumab, and again, postplatinum and uh, dicidamavedotin and toripalimab, as I mentioned, in uh, the patients who are 6% of them were treatment naive. So again, different population of patients, but promising signals there with uh, the antibody drug conjugates against nectin 4 as I mentioned before, and fortumab, trop2-sacituzumab, and anti-HER2 is coming in the future. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope you enjoyed our episodes. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.